Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raph Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Don't forget to download the SEN app to listen live or listen back later on in the week. Hey, Rob, quiet week, mate? Yeah, very quiet week for the Guru. Um, seven out of eight in the tipping, though. The Buffets are tipped nicely from that one. So Is that 15 out of 16 over the past fortnight? Yeah, but there have been a few easy games, mm. but getting Nycliffe and Pints was pretty handy the, the weeks before, though. The uh, A-team commentary duo last week at Nycliffe Oval with your old man. How did that go? Yeah, no, it went pretty good. I thought it was, um, yeah, the game was a bit of a fizzer though, wasn't it? I was confident that uh, Nycliffe would win the game, but yeah, they went and done it pretty easy and in a comfortable style. No, you did well in the, in the pouring rain with the old man and a few technical difficulties, but it was a good call. Hey, Raf, another win in the Division 2? Yeah, mate, uh, just... Yeah, like I said last week, it's a bit of a bit of a rage um, that we had to play Tracy Village twice. It didn't really bother us. I, I feel more for the Tracy Village boys, but they put up a bit of a fight again. Um, to their credit, you know they keep turning up, mate. Um, even though we've, if we've had a couple of blowout scores, they turn up with a, a full team. They mm. they give it all they got, and um, you know I take my hat off to them because you know turning up to a game where you sort of know you're not going to have much luck. Um, Score-wise, yeah. but they they kicked a cup. They kicked three goals against us, so they're improving each week. The Tracy Village boys, and I give them a shout out for that, and um, just for their efforts to come in every week to play, is awesome. So finals just around the corner. How's everything looking? You're looking obviously anything short of a premiership would have to be a fail, wouldn't it? At this stage, yeah, definitely. So um, I think a couple of the boys are taking a bit easy at training, so I had to give them a bit of a serve last night. So you know, not, not expecting it just to happen because um, once you get that in your mindset, doesn't matter how good you are, um, mm. come finals footy, doesn't matter what division or what grade you're playing. Um, you know, there's a few surprises come finals. So. Yeah, we'll pull our fingers out and get everyone down to training. <laughs> Very nice. Hey, Rob, yep. we've got plenty of football to get into today. We have the Saints skipper, Nate Paredes, uh, coming in ahead of his big game against the Waratah Football Club this week, which I reckon is the match of the round. What are you looking forward to very quickly this weekend? Yeah, clearly a match of the round, that one. It's going to be a match of the round. There's some good games this yeah. week, though. Come on. Nah, yeah, it's a match of the round by country mile for mine. Um, really top three credentials sort of game. Um, whoever wins this. Bit of bragging rights going into finals. And obviously, St. Mary's have that issue where they need to win this week to secure top three. If they win this week, then they've got top three. But Waratah's named a pretty strong side. and They've done what Southern District's done last week and named a few of their guns on the emergency list and I expect those guys to play but how are you going to see this game Raf? you going down for this one? Yeah mate definitely be there it's uh, worked out finally once for us that we're playing on the same day as the rest of the St Mary's teams so yeah. um, we could probably get a couple of our own St Mary's supporters to finally watch us play I think we've had mm -hmm. one person over the last four weeks to watch our Steve two boys play but yeah I definitely won't be missing this game mate like you said it's a preview um and if, if it's not Southern Districts winning it, it's one of these two teams winning it this year. So yep. it's definitely a must-watch game, I think. No love for Nycliffe, Raph? Oh, they're looking pretty good, mate. But those top three teams are still, I think, um, probably a game or two of, up, above them. Mm. Mm. Well, Rob, this is time for the most controversial segment of the show, and that is the good, bad and ugly. It's now time for Good, Bad and Ugly on Fridays in the Top End. 
Well, here we go, Jacko. So I'll go with the good straight off the bat. Southern Districts. There was a lot of hype going into last week's game, and the Crocs answered the challenge. They are peaking at the right time of the year now, and it'll be a failed season, in my opinion, if they didn't make the grand final. I know some of their players have been frustrated with the lack of respect that's been given and put on their premiership credentials, but now I have them as the flag favourites, and it's now up to them to do it in the last six weeks. Not bad. Raf, what's your take on that? Obviously, we touched on it before that districts are, you know, up there in that sort of trail of teams that are vying off for that flag this year. What do you think they need to do to ensure that they have the best possible chance to win? I think they've done enough. And like, like it's probably mentioned that, um, you know, probably we, we've kept saying either St Mary's or, or Waratahs. But I think the last, this, especially after Christmas, I, I reckon they've put themselves ahead by... You know, those couple more kicks and those games they've won, they've done it with ease and, um, you know, they're, they're ready to go, I reckon. So districts um, are my favourites as well at the moment. I know talking to a couple of uh, Nycliffe players last week and they, they're not worried about the Crocs. They had a win very recently over them. Do you think if they get into the finals, they could just come up with the wrong matchup, you know, against maybe like a, a Saints who play a fast brand of football or a Nycliffe or something like that? And, and, and who knows, you know? Yeah, well, if they're going to play Nycliffe, it'd have to be the week three. Mm. Um, and because they're going to be in the box seat, they're going to have two finals yeah. to make. And like someone said to me, like a few people said that, they're like, oh, Southern Districts, I, I just don't rate them. I'm like, geez, I haven't lost since round seven at the time. So like, how can you say you don't rate them? And I thought they were sort of just might have been just due for a loss against Nycliffe, and Nycliffe really needed that win. And yeah, I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't agree with what Nycliffe are saying, saying they don't rate them because they're definitely going to be better for the run, um, Southern Districts. So you didn't read too much into that loss the other week. You think that if Nycliffe were to play District, say, you know, in a best of seven series basketball style, the Districts would still get the better. And it was more of an anomaly, that, that loss. Yeah, I, I generally thought that. Um, but, you know, you can't be up for the whole season. And I think, yeah, I don't have the stat in front of me, but, yeah, they, haven't, they hadn't lost before, um, what was it, about eight weeks or ten weeks. I think those quicker players are important to districts. I know Ronnie Fijo has signed with Greater Western Sydney's VFL team, so you would hope that he is available uh, for the rest of the season because, and I haven't heard anything, but if Fijo was to go out of that team, I think it would hurt them a little bit, just that run on the wing. So, yeah, plenty there. Hey, you're bad. Yeah, so my bad at the moment is Palmerston. Extremely uncompetitive. The first 10 minutes from them was good, but the drop-off was next level. Eric Guthrie fought all day, but didn't have enough players following his lead. Always, there's been um, a talk every off-season about Guthrie talking to opposition clubs, and I wonder if the finish to the season will see him leave just like Dennis did and chase that finals premiership. Ooh. What do you do in a situation like that, Raf? If you were, obviously, when you finished your AFL career and you went to St Mary's, you were blessed playing in very good teams, which you were a big part of. But if you were stuck at a club like Palmerston, and, and stuck's probably a bit of a harsh word, but if you were at a club like Palmerston and that success just seemed almost like it was getting further and further away... What do you do in that situation? Can you begrudge a player like Dennis for leaving or a player like Eric Guthrie for maybe, maybe sussing out his maybe options? It, yeah, well, I think the, the only really positive is, you know, on the weekend, I think they played seven or eight under-18 boys mm. and their under-18s mm. are looking really, really good. So, yeah. you know, if Guthr Guthrie wants to stick around for a couple more years, he knows he's got a young crew coming through that are hungry. Um, that's probably the only, you know, talking point to keep him there, I mm. guess. Um, if he wants to get that premiership success or be part of a successful team a lot quicker, then, you know, you don't blame him for sort of putting his hand up and mm. looking for Definitely. options. Um, 
But yeah, I, that's the only positive I can see is that there's a lot of young kids coming through that Palmerston under 18s that are looking really, really good, and they bled a lot of them on the weekend. So, mm. and mm. those young boys all had a very good game. Warren Connop's young fellow was was awesome um, on the wing. Um, mm. So you know, good to see those couple of boys coming through for the Magpies, and that gives a the, a bit of future. Yep, I think no doubt they have a big future. I think player retention is very important for Palmerston. They need to be able to keep these young kids. They have shown the faith in coach Josh Heath, who was reappointed for another two seasons last night. We might talk a little bit more about that yeah, later on. Later. Uh, but well done to Josh Heath. The ugly. But I would just say also, though, on the bad is that um, Guthrie was linked to Waratahs and Pints in the off-season. So mm. let's see if that happens again. The ugly has to be the match review panel. They need to get seri- get a serious sense for the game. For Braxton Armat to be charging off at three weeks for a tackle that I would have called holding the ball is outrageous. There needs to be more done to ensure that players who duck into players before being tackled is stopped and rewarding them with free kicks instead is ludicrous. The MRP that laid these charges needs to stop wasting everyone's time. This shows shows how far back we are in the NT compared to the rest of Australia. Oh, bang. The thing is, Rob, I preferred it when there was a little bit more transparency and you could see the mm. charges and, and what they were graded. And they were published, I think, on Tuesday morning every week, just about on the AFLNT website. Now we're left in the dark. You know, it's very hard to find out information about the MRP, Ralph. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And I didn't know about it until uh, after training. Uh, before my training last night, Robbie was picking up his young fellas. So, um, you know, he, he mentioned it to me and I was like, oh, what? So, yeah, that was a surprise to me. Um, so, like you said, not to be able to see it and, and see what they've been charged with is a whole other story. Yeah, and there was also the incident um, Nick Yaron got off for two weeks. I don't know how Yaron's went as well, but um, when I watched that footage, it slowed down. But, geez, that was another real soft one to be sent to the tribunal, you know. So, not so, ideal. Do you think, and I know... Like, is this an overall criticism, or do you think that the tribunal are too soft, or they don't? Like, what's what? What is your criticism here? The, the lack of just just, just the just, overall just wasting people's time. You send you, people have to come into the tribunal and hear this case. The case was thrown out in five minutes. Like, what are we doing here? Like, anyone can see. Blind Freddie could see that was not. It's not a tribunal case. And then they go and you got Everyone's got to drive you, in and do it. Do you want more people like past players who understand the game? Or I don't know. I think I think the NT is pretty backwards though, because you know when you had the Braden McLean hit on Sean Edwards, yep. the Wanderers faithful all blew up. Yeah. And it's like they hadn't been watching the AFL for the last ten years yeah. from the direction the AFL were going in. It was a clear bump that yeah, knocked, knocked the player out. out. Yeah. And then Saints put him back out there, and he had no idea what he was what he was out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he missed the following week. With missed the, the following week. So, but I, I think the NT is just backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think, like, who knows? I don't really know who's on the MRP panel. I don't know if it should be publicised, really. Like you said, Darwin's a pretty small community, and you don't want, like, social media comments influencing decisions and stuff like that. So, yeah, who knows? Definitely uh, something they could possibly improve on. We have to go to a break. Uh, Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn. Darwin, we will love your listing. Live on SEN Top End, 16, 11 a.m. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark. Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16, 11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. The NTFL ladder has Southern Districts on top, followed by Waratah, St Mary's, Nightcliff. The Darwin Buffaloes in fifth, so that rounds out the finals. Pint in sixth, Wanderers in seven, Palmerston in eight, and Tiwi Bombers in ninth position. Rob, do your power rankings differ at all from that? 
Not too much, but I do have a question mark around Darwin and Wanderers. Um, who's the better side out of those two? But I'd have to say Darwin. Um, and also, I think Pints are probably the fifth best side, but they won't play finals. That's not going to really count for much. And St. Mary's are probably two over uh, Waratahs, but it, it doesn't really matter, does it? Like, they're going to play each other in three weeks anyway. Um, but, I th- but I'm probably going to tip Waratahs this week, but I think Saints might get them in three weeks, perhaps. I think you're a tad harsh on the Buffaloes, and I know that's very rich of me, given that, you know, I'm a Buffaloes player and, and we just watched them lose by 70 points last week. Mm. But I just think the ceiling of Buffaloes, their potential when they've got Mitch Robinson in and Jared Stokes firing and, you know, their full team on deck, that they can be a better team than at least Pint and, and definitely Wanderers. Um, so, you know, I understand the top four probably has broken away a little bit. Last week's result has shown that. But yeah. I don't know if I'd be comparing Buffaloes yet with Wanderers and saying that it's a flip of the coin type situation. Rap, yeah, where do you see it? Yeah, yeah that's probably a bit harsh because the Buffaloes have been really, really uh, good this year. Um, but the, the thing is, you know, when you catch them, by, when you get Pints above them, I think we talk about Pints' consistency and mm. the effort in every game. Like, they've only lost games by a couple of kicks every time um, where buffs have been blown out of the water a couple of times and that's the difference so I think they fall away pretty quickly when they don't have their best side out there where yeah. someone like Pints are still competitive and, and, and probably only lose by that five goal margin at yeah. max um, I think. but Wanderers yeah that's a bit I think you're a bit tough on them there mate comparing them to Wanderers because they've only had the few I don't, wins yeah I don't I don't think too far they're not super far ahead of Wanderers but I'd back Pints to beat them if they were to play in a final at this yeah. stage considering the lack of effort they showed last well, week was weeks, pretty yeah. dismal um, if I paid 10 bucks to watch that I would have been pretty disappointed yeah. so I think but I do, I do think they beat Wanderers but it's getting to that level if they show up like that and Wanderers have their best side in and up and about geez, you know you wouldn't want to have 100 on buffs I'll yeah. tell you that much <laughs> like yeah, anyway. understandable mate I see where you're coming from I think their game next week against Southern Districts is an important one, like one week before mm. the finals. And Buffs likely will make the finals. Um, so, you know, if they're getting pumped by Southern Districts next week, it's going to be really bad leading into the finals. And we will talk later about what mm. Buffaloes are going to have to do to combat Nycliffe and turn a 70-point you know, loss around um, yep. in just a couple of weeks. So we'll talk about that when we're going through the games. Yep. Right. Uh, Saints and Waratah, that's obviously probably this week, might have a big factor on where these two teams sit in your power rankings next week, won't it? Yeah, definitely. Waratahs have uh, freed up their defence a bit um, more and a bit more tacking with Crocker and those guys. And I think Waratahs Saints have got some stuff going on. So I think Waratahs are really in a ballpark position here to, it's to a, impress us. You know, it's a funny one, but going in but towards finals when you know you're going to play each other in your mm. first final. Like, do you show all your cards now, and or do you know keep a couple of tricks up your sleeve come finals? Mm. So it's interesting. Well, you're the coach, Raf. What do you do? I reckon you just put put your put it all out. Mm. And back yourself and say this is what we've got. this is our best side. So if you're going to beat us, this is what you got to do. So I'd be putting my best side out and getting ready for that three weeks time. So this is like a a practice run for you. Yeah, I'm not a coach, but I'm a little bit old fashioned in the sense that I wouldn't be doing any trickery with no, teams exactly. and naming players, yeah. you know, that aren't going to play and all that sort of stuff. So just go out there, show them your deck, and see how yep, you go. That's it. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Live on SEN Top End, 16:11 a.m. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Remember to download the SEN app onto your phone. Hey, news last night broke with Palmerston reappointing coach Josh Heath for a further two seasons. 
The Magpies released a statement which you can find online. They said, while it was a difficult year on the field, we are continuing with our strategy to turn the club around both on and off the field. That was from Head of Football Operations, Glenn Patrick. And he said that while it may not show on the ladder, the turnaround at the club under Josh over two seasons has been nothing short of remarkable. Not entirely sure about that, but again, we don't know what happens off the field and, and that sort of stuff. I, it's hard to look from the outside in just looking at the win-loss column, but obviously the last sort of six or seven weeks hasn't been very flattering for the Magpies. Raf, what was your take on that signing? Yeah, I think it's, it's something you, you need to do, I guess. Um, so you've got to build it over a few years mm. um, and, and see where Palms are coming from. They definitely needs more than a, a two-year stint. So uh, like we spoke about earlier, those kids coming through, if they're going to use the same system for the next three or four years and they all learn the same game plan yeah. or same, you know, and have the same, what do you call it, professionalism and turning up to training <laughs> and, and they have everyone on the same page, that's only got to be a positive. So, you know... Well, like we talk about the list of oh, whether they're sitting on the ladder in the, the last few weeks, but you know you need mm. you need time together, I guess. So that's what yeah. I like about it. You probably don't want a culture like what they were talking about, like Richmond Tigers, say in the early two thousands, where there was just a revolving door yeah. of coaches either. So even though you know the last sort of like I said, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks haven't been great for Palmerston. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't it's, know the solution necessarily yeah, well, is getting rid of the bloke or anything like that. No, I think it's good that they've backed him in, but in the same breath, we've got to acknowledge that they played all these ex-AFL blokes, mm. started the season in a premiership sort of window, going top three, then all of a sudden they've changed that to playing kids. I'm mm. confused about the direction they're going I agree. in. I think next year they're going to, I think they're hoping that these ex-AFL blokes come up and live, and then they're going to be going for another flag tilt, and then are we going to see another playing the kids and they're ticking a box and everyone's yeah, patting each other on the back again, and I, it's, it's singing Kumbaya. If Waratahs win the premiership this year... Palmy will have the longest premiership drought. They've historically made bad decisions. Um, Flanagan got sacked after he took them to finals, and they haven't played finals since. I'm yeah. a big believer that uh, playing the kids is mm. a bit of a cop-out because mm. I think everyone can play the kids. You know, when Buffaloes were losing by 300 points a decade ago, they were playing the kids then. But, um, mm. you know, and it's a little bit different because Palmerston's kids are probably players that will play a lot of Premier League uh, football in the future, but very, very difficult, I think, at this stage um, to... Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's definitely. You need. You need. To, I reckon you got to go after recruits that are going to move here, and you can build up with that the whole year. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays at the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the top end, sixteen eleven a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie and Raf, we have the match of the round coming up this weekend. St. Mary's Waratah could potentially be the match of the season, and mm. a man who will play a big, big role in that will be the St. Mary's skipper, Nate Paredes. Nate, do we have you on the line? Yeah, yeah. Here, boys. How are we? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Hey, look, I want to pass you over very soon to Robbie for all the hard-hitting questions about <laughs> this weekend's game, but just for everyone listening out there, how did you arrive at the St. Mary's Football Club? You've been an amazing acquisition for that club. Um, I was fortunate enough to play in your very first game up in the Territory. How did you get here? Um, I, I've always heard about the off-season in Darwin and, um, yeah, just messaged a few clubs and um, Saints and Palmerston, I think, got back to me and um, yeah, ended up just choosing Saints. Uh, yeah, got a tip from a mate that Saints were a good family club. Um, so, yeah, I just ended up staying, going to Saints. So, Nate, just to get this correct, did you have some clubs that you message and then not reply? So you've turned into a multiple best and fairest when a multiple premiership player, captaining the most famous club in the territory. Did you talk to any clubs that just didn't even give you a reply? 
Uh, yeah, there were some clubs, but like, that's crazy. They emailed their websites and stuff like that. So I don't, mm. yeah, don't know if they were old websites or the wrong, you know, contacts and stuff like that. So yeah, not too sure. So obviously, last season, Nate, you uh, joined the uh, Premiership captains uh, group. How was that uh, winning the flag last year after two grand final losses? Yeah, it's it's probably a bit more of, of relief. Um, anything but uh yeah it was a couple of big losses and i know like all the boys wanted to make up for that and wanted to win a premiership for saints so um yeah we definitely uh worked really really hard for it um so to win it yeah it was it was awesome and you're going up against waratahs this week you've obviously got that history with waratahs with waratahs doing the breach on the flying stuff with you guys two seasons ago and then obviously then you got them back in the grand final and beat them there how much animosity is there with you guys and the warriors uh look they're, they're a really good club they you know they're a really good side over the last few years um so yeah it's brought about a pretty good contest and when you have a good contest it, it i guess people get uh yeah, get pretty aggressive and, and want to win the game. So they, they go harder. And I reckon that's what the contests have been like with, with Waratahs. It's a really hard contest. Unfortunately, last time we played them, it was, didn't work out good for us. Um, so we're, mm. we're hoping that we could um, bridge the gap there and um, hopefully get a win. But, yeah, we're going to have to work really hard for it because they're a pretty good side. Yeah, Nate Raffia, mate. Uh, so you, you've always really looking forward to it, like backing this one in, um, like with your best side, or what are you what are you looking forward to this weekend, or just seeing where Waratahs are sitting before you play them in a couple of weeks at finals? It's a, what's what are you what's your take on it, mate? Yeah, we, we definitely need a win. So um, Mike Cliff are right on our tails with that third spot. So um, yeah, we have to win. So we're going to put our best side that's available on the on the field and and try and get that win. Definitely. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so is there anything that you guys noticed different, Nate, with uh, how Waratahs have structured up this year? I think they're sitting in a better position. And obviously you guys haven't played since round one. Um, what are some key sort of themes that you've taken from Waratahs? Or, and can we see Karen Parnell go to Jaden Magro? Yeah, so, yeah, obviously that defensive side, they've got a lot of, um, yeah, they've got really good depth and they've got, you know, a wide range of goal scorers. So, um, yeah, we just have to back our defenders in. Um, yeah, Magro's obviously a very, very good player. Um, so, yeah, we've got to make sure that he's he's accounted for. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of a lot of good players that we need to make sure are accounted for. So, um, yeah, that'll be the big thing, our defensive side, and hopefully we can stop their scoring and then, um, yeah, use our, our um, tools up forward to kick a winning score. Yeah, you definitely got some tools. Jackie Lant last week kicking six goals um, after missing the previous week against Nycliffe. And what sort of energy is Sam Fowler bringing to the group? I met him out over Christmas, and geez, he's a little pest, isn't he? Yeah, 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 Rat. Um, yeah, he, he's awesome. He's a um, he's a good fella, um, and yeah, just his speed speed at ground level um, is awesome. And he just he, he runs a muck up there, so um, hopefully yeah. he can do the same. Um, this this week he's he's a um, accomplished VFL player so um, yeah hopefully he can yeah do the business this week yeah and I've also got to ask you mate um, coming in with the women's football obviously the partner of Danielle Ponta is Danielle playing finals for the Saints women uh, yeah hopefully she she can um, she loves the green and gold obviously she's she's grown up there and that's her family club so 
yeah, she'll be doing everything she can to, to play finals. Um, it's been a, been a while since the girls have been up there with a, with a chance. So, um, yeah, hopefully she can play finals and I think she'll play a pretty big part um, once they get there for sure. Yeah, and one last question as well, Nate. How was it getting back on the, um, after that slow start to the year, were you still confident that you guys would bounce back into that top three position like you have? <laughs> to be honest, uh, I was pretty stressed out. Um, yeah, it's a pretty um, tough start to the year. And obviously as a leadership group and, you know, as a leader of the club, um, of a pretty big club that's, um, you know, been very successful. It was, yeah, it's pretty stressful. And, um, yeah, I was pretty worried about, about how we started. And um, the boys just really dug deep. Like, we're doing extras at training, um, doing extras at recovery. Uh, and I think um, that's what really, really brought us up. Um, as a leadership group, we, we know, knew we needed to step up and demand more from our players. And um, I think we turned that around pretty early on, which is good. Um, and got back on the on the winners list. Nate, obviously you're one of those players, but who are the other boys at St Mary's that really drive those high standards? Yeah, so uh, I think yeah, the best player in the comp, uh, Dylan Lant. He's he's a um, he's a gun, and, and he's really stepping in. He's he's moved up here and uh, married into the family as well, and he's he's um, he's really stepped up those standards. Uh, Kieran Parnell, he just yeah, he he leads by example and. Um, he, he's definitely going to be a future captain of the club for sure. Uh, Jackson Calder too. Uh, he on and off the field, he's, he's an absolute champ, as his name uh, says. So um, there's a good group there. Nikki Yaron as well. Um, yeah, I think we've got that leadership base now that can hopefully um, continue on. But the Saints have had so many great leaders. You know, Raf being one of them. Shane Rioli, Iggy's, Johnny's, um, that have sort of finished up in the last, you know, six, seven years. So um, we need that that new base coming through. So, yeah. And also, Nate, we got the uh, Dennis Dunn trophy called a chase and magro. Has uh, Jacko told him to leave him one out uh, deep forward this week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jacko, he's definitely going to try and kick a few goals, that's for sure, but... Nah, Jacko's pretty good. He's all about the team and he's all about the team winning. So um, I think he'll be doing everything he can to, to help the team win. But, yeah, he definitely wants a couple of sausage rolls as well. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Nate, we don't have too many more questions, but I was wondering on your take of Southern Districts and Waratah, which out of those two teams do you see as the bigger threat and what do you see as the differences between those two teams? It, it's a bit hard to tell. I think... Um, we we like our chances against districts. We we um, we beat them the first game and um, was pretty close the second game. So um, yeah, and Waratahs we sort of only played them first round, so we don't know where we're at with them. Um, obviously, they smashed us, so we'd probably say say they're the tougher side to beat at the moment. Um, but we'll see what happens this weekend. Um, I think from our first round, there's yeah probably. 10 to 15 changes from that first game. Mm. So hopefully we can we can make up that gap. Oh, yep. Nate, yeah. I, so having played against you, I think one thing that you don't get enough credit for is your gut running and how hard you work on the field. Is 
your fitness something that you've put a lot of time into since arriving in Darwin. I know your first couple of seasons you were playing very good football, but it seems to be those, you know, the last two or three years that your fitness has gone to another level. Has that been a conscious effort by you to improve that area of your game? Yeah, I think definitely after a couple of losses in grand finals and, um, yeah, I just felt that I, I didn't contribute enough. Um, so, yeah, I, I really wanted to make an effort to get fitter. Um, and that's what I've done. It's been a bit harder this year because I've had a, a few knee knee issues. Um, so I've sort of had to reduce the load. But, um, yeah, I, I did a bit of, pretty big pre-season. So hopefully that just uh, helped me contain that fitness. Hey, Nate, just for again, mate, on a lighter note, um, have you started to, you know, start tell a few jokes with the umpires and become friends with them? Because over the last three or four years, you've been one of the most consistent mids and, and you're a goal-kicking mid as well. And um, to not see you have a Nichols medal around your neck by now, it's um, it's sort of a bit of a laughable um, thing, I reckon. Um, even last year, I thought I had you definitely winning it. Um, so have you warmed up to those umpires a bit more, mate, and trying to get them on your side as, as a mate to give you a couple more votes? Or what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I just, uh, yeah, yeah. I I think it's just there's three players that got to stand out. Um, I'm probably just more of a consistent player rather than one that probably stands out every week. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's probably why I don't get votes. And yeah, I probably haven't been too nice when I get competitive to the umpire. So I, I have tried to change that, but not for not for the reason of getting votes. You thought about dying that hair or what, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you always think about getting yellow boots or something like that, but nah. <laughs> nah, definitely not. I've definitely tried to be kinder to the umpires, though, um, but more more to uh, help the team and, and help the team be more disciplined. Hey, Nate, last one from us. Uh, do you have any desire to play at any footy clubs down south? I know you had a little bit of a run in the Sandville this year. Um, you know, you're off the obviously from the Gippsland area. Are you going to play any off-season footy this year or is there anything that you want to do before you sort of hang up the boots um, regarding footy down south? Yeah, look, I probably wouldn't mind playing some Sandville footy. Um, well, I'm 28 now, so we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, I think... With Danielle down there, um, yeah, I'll probably look at, at making a move down there after the season's done, and maybe trying to trying to play some some Sanford footy. Um, but Very yeah, nice. we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we're still waiting um, to see what happens with that. But yeah, ho- hopefully. Sounds good, mate. Hey, thanks very much for your time. Good luck this week, and good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Nate. Right, thanks, fellas. See you later. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays at the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Remember to download the SEN app. We were just speaking to St. Mary's skipper, Nate Paredes, who gave us a few interesting takes on where he sees his team at at the tail end of the season. Should be a very good game this weekend. St. Mary's playing Waratah on Saturday tomorrow. Robbie, let's very, very briefly go through your SEN Best 22. I don't think we need to name the whole team. We will post that up on our socials, on the SEN socials. Uh, 
has there been any changes? Yeah, so the two changes is Mazzini and McQueen have both come in. Both Crocs? Both Crocs players. I think not picking Mazzini in that NT versus recruits was an oversight, I think. When, once I went and looked at his stats, how good he's been, um, he should have been in there. But we'll discuss that later. And McQueen's one that I think he could be a very important player come finals. I only played the eight games, though, but I'm backing him in. So... Hmm. From the back line, if you want me to name it, yeah, we'll go through it. Quick. Is Bowden, Green, Parnell, halfbacks is Collis, Driscoll, Nyhouse. Through the midfields, McMahon, Philo, Shot. In the rucks is Dennis, Lamp, Robinson. Half forwards, Stokes, Hope, Motlop, Stokes, Captain. Forward lines, Magro, Calder, Smith. And then on the interchange, you have McQueen, Kirby, Paredes, and Mazzini. Then on the emergencies, I brought in big Sammy Dunstan, Ash Hams, and Baxter Mench from Palmy. So Mench drops out due to unavailability over the last sort of four or five weeks. Um, yeah, very stiff though because he's still in the top end ten, so it sort of makes it a bit yeah, yeah a bit, bit contradictory. Yeah, it is contradictory. But, but yeah, what are you going to do? So yeah. who dropped out of the team from our last time? Was it? Let me guess. Was it Bradley Stokes and Anthony Tracy? Yeah, Bradley Stokes and Anthony Tracy. A bit of that form at Buffaloes, um, and Buffaloes have dropped off a bit themselves, and Tracy hasn't played much either. A bit stiff, probably, perhaps as well. Um, as you would need a back rotation in that side. Mm, so Jake McQueen, also one of the inclusions that we spoke about. Ovens and Murray star last mm. year, and I believe he signed at Southport. Fresh off 30 possessions for the Crocs. Very good player. Yeah, he's played eight games, four best players. He was best on against Saints, and I think he could be the um, antidote to Dill uh, Lant in mm. the finals. So it'd be interesting to see if he does run with Dill Lant a bit, um, but they sort of went their own ways at Southern Districts last time. So something to keep an eye out for anyway. Very nice. And now, without further ado, it is time for our SEN Top End 10. It's now time for the NTFL Top End 10 with Jackson Clark and Rob Hale. So, Rob, yeah. you have at number 10 the man that we just spoke to, Nate Paredes. Number 9, Tommy Schott. Number 8, Baxter Mench. Number 7, Matty Dennis. Number 6, Ryan Nyhouse. Has there been much movement in that 6-10 to 10 spot? Not really. I think Nias and Dennis, you can make an argument to switch around as well. But Mench is averaging high numbers. Um, I probably should have left him in the, in the 22. But just with how high the numbers are that he is averaging um, and disposal tally, um, he holds his spot. But going into the top five is where it gets more interesting, Jacko. So number five, we've got Magro. But obviously Magro didn't play last week. Mm. Number four, Stephen Motlop. So he's moved up a couple of spots after his bag of 12. Yeah, only a couple. Um, and there's a solid argument that he could move him to two. Um, Luke Smith's held at three after a best-on-ground performance. Brody Philo's held at two after a best-on-ground performance. And Dill Lance held at one mm. after another best-on-ground performance. So I like the synergy in that, mate. Our top four all got best-on-ground. Yeah, they all got the three votes. It'll be an absolute robbery if they all don't get the three votes come Nichols night. They're all very dominant. Um so that'll be interesting to see, but we're on the money with that top end Tim. Dillant took his own football on the weekend. Thirty six yeah. touches, four goals. That's a that's a big game. That's a super coach captain game. Yeah, I don't think his shoulders and anything would be too sore. They didn't put much body on him. Yeah, but I think the, I think the Lent brothers um, thought they were in the backyard again because they yeah, all oh, yeah. been in the footy and about nine or ten goals between the three brothers um, alone. So yeah, awesome, yeah, I think, awesome to see the Lent brothers out there. Yeah, Raph, I think it's something that we can discuss later on. I think we need to discuss it sooner like, rather than later. If it's not this week or next, it's next week. But it's Jack Lent, Luke Smith, and uh, Jaden Magro just discussing those three players and who's going to be the most important come finals for those yeah, top definitely. three sides. Mm. Well, let's talk about Luke Smith very quickly. 28 possessions and a goal. And 
between those three players, like I, I think there's a slight difference. I think Luke Smith has the ability to run through the midfield a little bit better and get further up the ground than those other two players. Those other two perhaps more dangerous around goals, but I don't want to sell uh, Smith you know, too short because he can definitely hit the scoreboard too. Mm. Uh, a very good footballer, one that, honestly, do you reckon he still is probably maybe underrated by some coaches up here and by some general football pundits? Like I don't know if teams are going to go out there and naturally think, well, we need to chuck a hard tag on Smith, where they probably do need to. Yeah, definitely. I think Kieran Parnell will go to him, mm. and I think Waratahs will have to have a rider or someone who's really close checking, but he's the best mid, not forward, mid hybrid, isn't he? But yeah. I think Jack Lant could become a real surprise come finals. Um, he's still not as fit as he probably needs to be, but yeah, he didn't affect him on the weekend. He just hits the scoreboard with such regularity, uh, mm. Jack Lant. He's always, like I said, he's, he's an underrated player in his own mm. right. I know Dylan gets a lot of the plaudits, but every week you look at the goal kickers. I think what, like Jack would be averaging about three or four goals a game. He hasn't played many games this year for Saints, but no. when he has, he's he's definitely made an impact. Yeah, definitely has. And Jade Magro is, you know, he's a bit more of a hit-up sort of, you know, he's a bit more of a key forward being undersized, so it's interesting. But on that outer, though, Mitch Robinson is very stiff. Um, Jared Stokes and Dill Collis. Dill Collis goes in best on ground this week, then he has to move in. Um, obviously, Jacko, you had him 25 in your rankings, and I, we do want your rankings on UNT football page to be different to this sin. Mm. I think he'll definitely come into that teen sort of area, and a best on ground performance um, this week could see him move in oh, close. No Jared Stokes is stiff. He was very good in the first quarter. Probably the best. He was best on ground at quarter time and obviously just didn't have them teammates to follow him and sort of died off. And Mitch Robinson back in after missing three games. And Brody Philo just doing his thing. Hey, Robbie, we do need to go to a break fairly shortly, but I do mm. want to go through some of the comments on uh, my social media, Anti Football with Jackson Clark, because we put up the locals versus the interstate uh, team and, and yep. there were some very interesting ones. Firstly... Before we get into some of these comments, would you like to preface it by talking about any potential oversights you may have had, or yep. what was? It? How did you rate the feedback in general? Feedback was Nuffy Central, but <laughs> there was some good. The two ones, the um, Eddie Betts, yeah, that was a bad oversight. I must admit, but is what it is. Um, so I, if I had to redo it, I'd have Eddie Betts and Mazzini in because I like the way Mazzini and then seeing how much times Mazzini's been the best players. But how many people would have oversight Mazzini anyway? So mm. I think those are the two I will concede. Um, Guthrie, I think, was stiff in the sense, yeah. I would have put... See, I'll... We'll talk about some of these comments. I think I would have put Guthrie in over one of those Ruckman. It's very hard to mm. leave out a Carter or a Kirby, but I would have I would have dropped one for Guthrie. Um, and, yeah, you probably have to put bets in front of Prime Train, maybe. Yep, I especially on, on the form, like the last couple from Prime. Yeah. But uh, uh. let's go. So we have, how's the Southerners midfield? That's on fire. You can't stop that brigade. So the midfield. That's the best that, comment. That's on point, isn't it? The midfield yep. is what Brody Philo, uh, Robinson, Lant with Matt Dennis rucking. That would That's an outstanding midfield. That's a state league level midfield for sure. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting for the NT boys to curb that midfield. And then with the rotations coming through off the bench that they've got as well. Um, yeah. And then we've got, this has got to happen. Both teams look awesome and cool concept. Uh, so a lot of a lot of positivity about, you know, getting yep. a game like that going. Yep. Uh, I know Tavis Perry, the great man, um, said that it would be good to have a game like that before yep. the rep game. Uh, what do you think about those ideas? That'd be great ideas. I'd, but I'd almost probably prefer it over the rep game in, mm. in some aspects because you might get more people there. Having back-to-back games would probably hurt the clubs, like, you know, oh, yeah, doing that sort of thing. But I'd like it over the rep game, to be honest. Yeah, it's hard enough to fit in um, games now, and, and our season's already two games shorter than what it used to be. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's one of those games that, and I, I like some of the comments where maybe it's a it's a event for local charities, you know, like mm, that's a good one. you definitely um get a lot of people down to see this, um you know, and if it's you know a couple of dollars entry, yeah, and it goes to a couple of well backs local charities, I'd love to see that happen. Yeah, and you also got um Jacob Long comment there, so yeah, the Jacob Long, the yeah, thought it would come from Ralph Clark's, <laughs> but it was Braxton uh, Matt wrote that one, I think. Yeah, what was it? Did he play tennis? Did Jacob Long play tennis? <laughs> no, but he plays basketball, so he plays for dingoes. That's why he missed out. He's a basketballer. Yeah, <laughs> now nah, look, we love Jacob Long on this show as well. He he easily could have found a spot. Um, you know, in this team, but it's it's only 22 spots and it's very hard. We've had a lot of good local defenders this year. Um, I yeah. Think if you look at that sort of back line, you know, Parnell, Nyhouse and his teammate and, and Chopper, Matty Green. Yeah, and Chopper's only put him in the best two times this year or something as well, which is pretty low number. And yeah, but also, you know, Palmerston, I think people wanted more Palmerston players, but it's really hard to justify that with yeah. how they've finished I, I the think, year. I um, think one my thing is for Jacob Long, he just does enough like he cruises. Um instead of just bouncing and being the best player out there. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Hey, Robbie, we are going through some of the comments uh, and some of the feedback from your locals versus interstate team. Sammy Dunstan, third in the goal kicking, two behind second place, which is not quite true. The uh, the stats for Jackson Corder are not correct. Mm. Three less games under his belt. What's a man got to do? What's he got to do, Rob? Yeah, no, I added him in to... I mean, we could have put him in there, but I just... Sometimes you just don't want to name the sides with three big men up forward. I know that mm. you, we would play like that, though, but um, he has played limited games um, and has been a bit of... I think a bit more of a flat-track bully against those bottom sides. I'd like... Let's see how he goes on Matty Green. Let's see how he mm. goes on Dan O'Dwyer for mine. Um, obviously, the Palmerston mob are in there going for it. Mm. Uh, so there's, yeah, the, the most liked comment, I believe, was I thought Eric Guthrie was surprising, left out of the interleague team a couple of weeks ago, so I was shocked to see him miss out here too. I think yep. it's a fair comment, you know, it's not yeah, definitely. It's not going crazy or anything like that. I think it's fair to ask the question. Um, how do you justify Guthrie not getting in? Because if I'm picking the team and I don't want to be, you know, the hero, the saviour of Palmerston here, but I, I, I would put him uh, in on that bench spot, I think just for his tackle pressure. He played, you know, he's had a fairly good year and is a reigning Nichols medalist. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't like the idea of the two rep ruckmen not making the side. Mm-hmm. That's a worry for mine. And what level has he played? Like he, he's a very good. Like I'd, if I was coaching another club, I'd be you'd be ringing Eric Guthrie if he's not happy at Palmerston. Bottom line, mm. um, he's a grunt player. Whenever the stuff, like whenever it's got hard at Palmerston, he's been the number one player that stood up. When it's all pretty and easy, everyone's getting a kick, and Guthrie just pots along. But when it was hard and tough against Waratahs at Gardens Oval and they almost won, he got them back in there. Mm. Um, so I was really impressed with that performance. I think that was his best performance of the year. But he is a bit more of that Vic Country, high Vic Country level player compared to the other blokes that are more state leaguers, isn't he? So, But he's just, you, you want him in your side and at local level, he's definitely um, one of those grunt players. Yeah, um, We've got Glenn Patrick. Thank God you don't pick the teams. Well... We haven't picked Glenn as the head of football role, did we? So we, yeah, um, that, we did yeah. see that. But yeah, I don't know, Glenn. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, Obviously, got his Palmerston colours. On yeah, there. well, you can, if you're going to justify having eight Palmerston players or ten Palmerston players in a side of forty, then mm. how much does Saints, Waratahs, and Districts have to represent where you guys sit on the ladder and where they sit on the ladder? So I think Troy Parker, who's very, uh, <laughs> he's a character and a half host to play on. Play. When Parker had that year. Um, 
on the wing. Yeah. Jeez, he was a rooster, wasn't he? And he came <laughs> come up and said something to me, I hope you got your running shoes oh, on. Geez. And I was like, geez, you don't know I'm the best runner at the club, mate. So I was like, yeah, yeah let's go for a run then. And he said something to Rocco as well, I think. It was, yeah. Catch me, Rocco. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He, he said, oh, you're too, you're too slow for me, mate. Or something like that. But yeah, Troy Parker said a comment, didn't he? Which, um, which sort of summed it up a bit, but... Robbie, I love a bit of self-promotion, and mm. Sammy Darley has commented, wow. Oh, yeah, and, it does. I mean, he, our boy Darles, he, he could have pretty much said, wow, why wasn't I on the team? You know, yeah. he's, he's let us know his stats. And look, Sammy, if you're listening back to the show, he's a superstar footballer, had another 38 possessions on the weekend, but it's just hard to pick a bloke who, when we named these teams, had played, what, five games and was suspended for six as well. If he had, yeah. had a bit more continuity in his season, he, he would have been he would have selected I think himself. also Nick Hooker wrote something as well, and I'm like, geez, like, us three players, we've played against Tiwi when they were Globetrotters, mm. and then far from the Globetrotters now, it's broken down. So... That for us to for them to say it was a Tiwi biased, it's a ladder biased. It's not a Tiwi mm. biased, um, and the, and that showed on the weekend with Moddy's running right up forward there and doing whatever he liked to him. And um, but Darley was in our top ten, so like mm. it, once he did that hit on McQueen, which we're watching last night, which is pretty, which is a very bizarre hit. Um, that sort of cost him, didn't it? Like, yeah, definitely. There's no issue about how good a footballer he is. He's playing resume speech for himself. He's a VFL captain, and he's getting his 30 every big week. midfielder. Give it a couple of weeks, Sam. You'll be in the team. Yeah, I reckon. Um, who's going to win this game, Raph? Let's throw it over to you, because I've got some people. I've got, you know, we've got Scrubber Leonard saying locals by 30 points. Jacob Long saying locals by 100. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got a few other people saying that the Southerners would be too good. And we've got, a, we've got Greg Stewart here saying, hoping the Southerners smack them by 10 goals. That's not, <laughs> a, that's not in the spirit of things. But, Raph, who's your tip? Bit of uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard one, I guess, because, um, you know, if you're playing a team of Southerners that haven't played in these conditions, but all these boys have played in conditions that they're used mm. to it. So it's definitely going to make it a lot closer um, and it's got to come down to fitness so you know a lot of these southerners come up and they're so super super fit and the territory boys you know they they sort of play by the spur of the moment sort of thing unless they're pushed in in a really good system and they they're in their top fitness at their club so i don't yeah. know just going on local talent i'd probably back them by a couple of goals but if it come down to hard work and grinding the southerners would get them by three or four yeah, I'm tipping the Southerners by uh, seven or eight goals in this one. Um, I think they'll just have too much talent running through and maybe the NT boys won't be as accountable. Jacko, what do you think? The midfielders, I think the midfielders, Midfields, yeah, the yeah. midfield group is just, the Southern but midfield group is just crazy. Also, though, from we're going from the top 22, the NT back line's very, very yeah. strong and the Southern forward line's very, very strong. So that's where the matchups yeah, that's, lie. Yeah, that'd be awesome to see that. Um, I don't know if how the NT score, though, with that forward line. Yeah, look, they definitely have more weaknesses in the team. Mm. Uh, the NT, I think, definitely, especially in the ruck position as mm. well. You've got uh, the three ruckmen that are named for the Southerners team, probably, you know, head and shoulders above any of the ruckmen in the locals yeah. team. It's been a real deficiency uh, up in the territory, that ruck position. But... Yeah, I'm going to be. I'm going to fly the flag for the locals. I think if the game, it has to be on their on their terms. I think that mm-hmm. um, if it was at TIO Stadium at you know two thirty, that'd yeah. be their best their best <laughs> chance. If this game was played at at the MCG, um, I, I don't think they're getting within yeah. five or six goals of them. So I, I th- I'd probably take it back to if the game's played ten times, I think the locals could win two, depending on conditions. Um, two thirty, yeah, at a TIO, hot day, good, well coached, switch the footy. Play it over on the islands or something. Play, yeah, play it over when <laughs> younger. Put a couple more Tiwi boys in there. Brendan Cantilla, maybe. But, um, yeah. Hey, awesome. Look, we got a few comments from our 
discussion last week, and I reckon when we put this clip up, we might get a few more as well. So really good analysis there, boys. Yep. Hey, let's go into reviewing some of last week's games. We'll start off with the Southern District's first pint game out at Norbuilt Oval. Districts 10-9-69 defeated pints 5-4-34. As we said before, uh, Luke Smith, who features prominently in just about every team we've made and on our top end tens, uh, continued his excellent form and showed why he's regarded as one of the top echelon of players in the competition. 28 disposals. Jake McQueen led all comers with 30 mm. disposals. Dylan Barry and Jack Sexton both contributed major or kicked two goals each uh, in a pretty low-scoring game. Shout-out to Caden Malseed, who is a tremendous uh, multi-talented sportsman in the Territory. He's dominating the Darwin Basketball Association at the moment. He made his debut and kicked a goal for Pint uh, on the weekend. Mm. His father was a Magpies Premiership player, Stephen Malseed, and a champion of the TIFA for Pint as well. So that's the connection there. Um, what was your take on this game? Yeah, my take was pretty much in the good, but I think there'll be a lot of learnings for Shannon Motlop and his Pints coaching staff. I'm backing in Pints to play finals next season. I think that's a must for them. I think they're going to recruit some top liners from what I'm hearing. Um, add some pace perhaps, but they are going to bring in some top liners. I'm not too sure who they are, but there's, apparently there's some names. Um, and they'll rectify some of those close games. I reckon that they lost that they probably should have won and they'll consolidate on the wins they've already had. Yeah, um it's a good one, Rob. And I think, um, do you reckon um, one of those top liners might be Stephen Motlop? I was going to ask that question, right? <laughs> well, I'll be, yeah. uh, I'd be throwing the kitchen sink at him. Mm. Um, the all the pokey revenues for gave, the month of March yeah, straight gave, um, in there into Stephen's pocket. play with the big brother, and that's something I definitely made sure I did, especially when Xavier was under. So, you know, I did anything I could to get back and play um, under the on my brother coaching. So, mm. I think um, when you get Stephen Motlop too, that could attract a few more as well. I know... Mm. Uh, Nathan Vardy was named on an extended bench for Wanderers and didn't end up playing. But, mm. uh, you know, a big bloke like that, I think he's mates with Stephen, obviously. Mm. They played a lot of football together. Um, you know, you could get players like that. And, and, and who knows how well Steve, that's big unknown, obviously. Uh, we've spoken a lot privately, Robert, about mm. Stephen Motlop this year and how there's a big reliance on him at Wanderers. And whenever he calls for the ball, he probably gets it. How Stephen would fit into a team, you know, that, that's got a little bit more on-field success. And, and he probably fits in quite well, realistically. He could fit into any team up in the Territory, Stephen. But mm. I'd be fascinated to see how he goes uh, in the green and gold colours. Yeah, I definitely would. I'd just play him on a half-forward flank and just give him a license to run everywhere and have a five-man forward line structure and just have him mm. as a free, like how Gary Ablett was in that last year of his career, just pushing up to the contest. And they do need that, though, I think, points. They need a couple of classy yeah. players. Yeah, that Matt Trinick as well. Yeah, Matt Trinick, like, yeah, yeah. game-breaker. Yeah, definitely. Nah, for sure. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listening. Remember to download the SEN app on all good app stores on your smartphone. Hey, we are reviewing some of the round 16 games. We just spoke about the Districts versus Pints game, where Districts were victorious by 35 points, 34 points, 35 points. Mm. Uh, St. Mary's were big winners in the late game at TIO Stadium last weekend. 20 goals, 16, 136, defeated Palmerston 2-4-16. We will speak about it, but I thought the Magpies' pressure was good, but it was it was 
good for too little time. It was probably only about that first 10 minutes where they looked like they were in the game. Um, and the Saints were clinical after that. They, you know, produced some really solid football and kicked away. The Land brothers absolutely dominated, combining for 10 goals. Jack kicked six. Uh, Dylan Lant, as we said before, had a huge game. 36 disposals, four goals, eight tackles, nine inside 50s. Jackson Calder booted four to stay in the hunt for the Dennis Dunn Trophy. What was your thought on this one, Robert? Yeah, Guthrie was very good, but they didn't really have too many others with him. And Hams didn't, didn't got rate Hams as 35? Yeah, but Hams was on Jack Land as well, so mm. it's very hard to judge that when Jack Land kicks six. But um, Jack Land's the talking point for mine. It's going to be very interesting to see how he goes coming into finals. Um, probably doesn't look like the footballer, and he's a bit of you know a bit of a little wombat you know at the moment, but he's. He's very smart. And his timing, yeah. If he gets, yeah, if he gets a D6 or a D5 come finals, it's going to be bath time. Like, he's going to really... But surely that's up to the coaches. If he gets a D6 or, like, oh, by that, like, you know... Yeah, we're... but if you have Sammy Fowler up there and you got Calder and then you got a Yaron and, a, and, and someone else, like... I think he just about commands your best small forward, your best stopper, Jack Land, just for the pure number of goals yeah, that he's then, kicking. and then you let Sam Fowler off the off the charts and yeah. if, if they pick him but I reckon that I reckon it could be one side's going to and you know not respect him in the finals and he's going to kick a bag that's what I'm predicting but I'm very interested to see how he goes this week and who mans him up from Waratahs as well so but yeah good you know you sum that up well Clarkie yeah, it's definitely a one-way game, but like I said, and I mentioned earlier in the show, it was good to see Palmerson, you know, play a lot of their good under-18s, um, mm. and a lot of them did stand out. They they tried all night, um, mm. but yeah, you know, they're just not enough manpower there for them at the moment, the Magpies, and you know, hopefully they um, bounce back and have another good effort yeah. this week. I think it makes us think that Palmerston next season are going to probably try to bring all those AFL blokes back, because mm. I don't think they're going to go with the kids next season's my prediction. We'll roll on a little bit because uh, we don't want to run out of time. We've got some very big games this week, so we want to give enough time for that. If we do have time at the end of the show, we can go back to some of these games. Nycliffe, 19-14, 128 defeated the Darwin Buffaloes, 8-10-58. That win solidified the Tigers' spot in the finals. They kicked away in the second term and maintained a healthy lead for the rest of the game. Philo ran riot and was best of field. That forward combination of John Butcher, who kicked seven, and Sam Overall, who kicked six, were just dominant against an undersized fence. I thought Peter Politis uh, was really, really good. I thought yeah, one of his boy. best games, um, particularly in the first half. I reckon if we're giving a rising star to anyone, we give it to this kid. Um, and He's, Jared Stokes yeah. was comfortably Buffs' best player. Politis could be a future leader of the football club, and him and Daniel Quinn are both two best mates. And yeah, the guru predicted that Philo and the big forwards are going to run right, and they did. Oh, you so really went out of a limb there, yeah, mate. Gee. So yeah, I just said they were going to kick guru. Third. Yeah, so I didn't think they were going to man up Philo, and they didn't. So, um, but yeah, like Tigers now have that good mix of uh, youth and experience and recruits now and um, I think they could possibly make a prelim but you know third week of finals but I don't have them making the I think GF. they can win a flag yeah I don't think so no like, it's, it's one of those games where I think the, the other top three teams or four teams are probably cheering for Buffaloes because mm-hmm. Nightcliffe look like the danger side and now they're secured a, t- a finals berth what um, have they won in a row now I think that's eight yeah it's definitely you know, puts the wind up a bit of those other top two, mm. three or three teams because you know Nycliffe being in the in the top four or five games. Need to go to, we need to go to another break. This is Sen Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Hon Darwin. Live on Sen Top End, sixteen eleven a.m. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark, and Rob Hale for Rain and Hon Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. 
SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. We are going through the round 16 results. District beat Pint. St. Mary's thrashed Palmerston. Nycliffe thrashed Buffaloes by 70 points. That was what we were talking about before the break, Robert. Um, look, mm. Nycliffe playing themselves into some really, really good form on the eve of the finals. Yeah, the, the point that I was going to make that Nycliffe, they did keep St. Mary's to 49 points the week before. Um, and then St. Mary's went and got 136 against Palmerston. So, Nycliffe are the best defensive side. So, that's going to hold something in finals. But I think St. Mary's probably should have won that game. So, that's going to be their ace card, Nycliffe, that defence, um, which is going to bring something different compared to those top three sides, which are a bit more or way more offensive. How are the Buffaloes going to turn this result around? Um, you know, I feel... They need to find a way to stop Nycliffe's big forwards, which is easier said than done. Mm. I think that some of Buffs' other defenders need to cover off and impact the contest and not, not have these undersized players like Will Robinson or I know like they moved Chris Atkinson down there, but not have these guys in one-on-ones against Butcher or overall because it's too hard. So these other defenders need to peel off and create a two-on-one in the air. Um, potentially Pendlebury down back is an option that I'm starting to warm to, providing that you're not taking too much away from the midfield. So I think that's one part, and I feel that uh, they need to be more accountable in the midfield. Uh, I'd love to see a John Vrodos type do a run-with role with Brody Philo. Uh, I don't think you can let a bloke like that just run around doing as he pleases, as he sort of has the last you know handful of times they played the Buffaloes. Let mm. Robinson and Stokes do all the offensive stuff in the midfield, and, and some of these other fellas like a Bowles or a Clark um, or a Vrodos uh, work together to to stop um, Philo. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, yeah, I think now they've, they've, they haven't got the troops to go past week one in finals now, I reckon. I think Nycliffe will take care of them if they finish there. And if St. Mary's finish there as well, it'll be a bath. Um, it was no different. Nycliffe beat them by 70 or 80 points, wasn't it? So I think Buffs will be better, though. But I think they've got to, some learnings from uh, this season as well, Jacko. Wanderers 23 17, 155 defeated Tiwi Bombers 10 5, 65 at Gardens Oval. That was the Stephen Motlop show. He booted 12 goals, had 26 possessions, 15 marks. Uh, he kicked two in the opening first two quarters, so he had four by half time. Then he added another five in the third and three in the last. Bo O'Connell had 31 disposals to lead all comers for Wanderers, and Sam Daly had 38 touches for the Tiwi Bombers, which was a match high. Plenty of ball uh, getting around for the Bombers on the weekend. Brandon Kent. Tiller had a really good game, had 28 touches. Uh, Giannini and Lanyon had high 20s. They're the Banks players that filled in and getting valuable Premier League experience. If the Bulldogs are to come into the uh, Premier League next year, you'll take on that one very quickly. Yeah, pretty uh, low-level game, wasn't it? Um, very offensive, not a whole lot of accountability. And the NT News actually wrote saying that Wanderers aren't far off the final side with a few more better recruits. That's very. That's an interesting take that I probably don't agree with at the moment. But... I think... I think... Wanderers' lack of form isn't so much the cattle they're getting on the park. You know, there are issues in that regard. But I think, yeah, I don't. I, I can see Wanderers turning it around and making the finals as early as next year. But plenty more that we can discuss. You're shaking your head on <laughs> SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. 
It's time for our Rain and Horn sponsored update. And there's plenty of properties on open for inspection on Saturday. There is the apartment on Kerry Street, which is a one-bedroom, one-bathroom. If you're searching for a modern apartment with great ocean views, look no further than this one. Lifestyle and convenience are why owners and tenants alike flock to this popular address right in the heart of Darwin City. The property features an open-plan living and dining area, capturing the abundance of natural light before merging effortlessly to the spacious balcony with sweeping views over the Darwin Harbour. Boasting a neutral colour scheme and durable tile flooring throughout makes cleaning a breeze. Stylish kitchen, a large bathroom, internal laundry and secure parking makes this a superb property that cannot be matched. You'll appreciate everything that this apartment has to offer. A ready-made investment in an area of consistently high demand consider viewing this amazing one bedroom delight as it is priced to sell and will not last long we're looking for between 350k and 375k and it'll be cheap. open this saturday at 10 30 11 not bad eh, rob yeah pretty cheap one that one uh, property two here is 131 mcguire circuit molden it's a three bedroom one bathroom townhouse tucked away in a quiet street resides in the uh, Double-storey home offering a great uh, foothold into the suburb of Molden as a first home purchase or as a great investment property as well. The home features three generous-sized uh, bedrooms and a central tile ba uh, bathroom on the top floor with a spacious open living plan, uh, plan living and dining area and kitchen on the floor. A large undercover outdoor patio creates the perfect setting uh, for entertaining guests throughout the year. And uh, the backyard offers minimal maintenance gardens with a garden with two garden sheds in the corner. The undercover patio is set amongst the tropical surround and the features secure and fence. This is plenty of green grass space for the kids or pets who enjoy surrounding in the patio area. So why not sit back and relax after a long day and take in the serenity? There's undercover carport for three vehicles with ample spacing for additional vehicle or two on the all-weather driveway. On the market for 360000 Come see for yourself this Saturday at 10.45 to 11.15. Mm, very good, Raf. That was the property in luxurious Molden, of course. Uh, we need to go through these round 17 games. Uh, Palmerston versus Tiwi Bombers is what we will start with. Look, it's eighth first ninth, so on paper, you know, it might not be much to write home about. But I'm looking forward to this game. I think it presents oh, yeah? a very big... <laughs> nah, for real. I think it should be open attacking football. I think that it presents a really good opportunity for the Bombers. And it also presents an opportunity for Palmerston too. If they, um, you know, get a really big win here, it could be a confidence booster to build into next season. I think if both teams run out with similar sides to last week, the Bombers are in with a big, big chance. Um, you know, bank, the Banks players are providing a little bit more uh, for the Bombers. Giannini and Lanyon, like I said, both found plenty of the ball last week. Brennan yeah. Cantilla's in great form. Look for Sam Daly to get his 40-plus this week. Um, mm. where, where, what's your take on it? I just hope that it can be a 40-goal 40, 40 shootout. Mm. Um, we don't see them often. No, and Palmerston Oval, for some reason, just doesn't um, hold water nah. that well. I was there for a junior game on Monday, and Jesus, like a swamp. It like, is a bit wet here in Darwin. Oh, it was mozzies, and it was a yeah. swamp. It was, Yeah, geez. that's the only thing that's going to make it um, not very entertaining is the weather that's hanging around, a couple mm. of tropical lows close by, and it's going to be a very wet weekend of footy, and this is the type of game you need to see on a dry day so you can shoot yeah. that 20-goal to 21-goal shoot out and, and you win by, you know, three or four points because you kick 21 goals and the opposition's kicked 19. So, yeah, that'd be great. Um, that, that was, that'll be ideal, but yeah, we're not going to get that. So it's going to be a, a bit of a slug and whoever stands up with the bigger bodies, maybe Tiwi, have got some of those bigger bodies in there at the moment, um, might get them over the line. But then again, you've got Guthrie in there for mm. Maggie. So it's going to be an interesting one. I've got Palmy by 20. Yeah, Palmerston. I'll, I'll lean towards Palmy because it's going to be a wet, wet game. It, any danger of the teams being up on Thursday night, Rob? 
Oh, it's just my pet. Like, we'll, we'll, if we've got rules, let's follow them. <laughs> Are rules there to be broken? I'm going to go with Tiwi Bombers <laughs> by 10 points. I think yep, it should be. Right. I'll go a bit different. Uh, Pint versus Nightcliff. A disappointing last week for Pint. Um, but... A big opportunity to finish their season on a high. So they do have the bye in the last round. Um, they could come out very hard here. They don't have a lot to lose. You know, they need to win if there's any possible slight chance of making the finals. Um, yep. Can you see them getting close to Nightcliff? Yeah, I definitely can. Um, I, I, I'm tipping Tigers by about 20, but a pint win wouldn't surprise me now. But Tigers do need to win, obviously, to keep that finals um, chance alive. And no Brody Philo, Jacko, maybe a couple of too many VCRs on Saturday night with you, yeah, eh? Yeah, well, look, we, we did spend a fair bit of time uh, with Brody Philo. Yep. On, uh, you know, he, we, he gave us a tour of the Nightcliff Club. I don't know my way yeah. around there. But uh, he certainly does, Brody. <laughs> yeah, he's the king there. He was telling me about a Mitchell Street ban, and, and I don't know if he had plans to go out, but he wouldn't have had much time because by the time <laughs> yeah, that Nightcliff Club shut, yeah, it was, it was getting pretty late. But I did hear a little rumour from a couple of the Pints boys during the week that, uh, yeah, Brody would be missing out on the game, and it wasn't due to injury or unavailability. So, yeah, so he has a week well, off. One of the ones I'm looking for is whether Pints do actually go with a full-strength side mm. and, and try end the season on a high, or whether they're, you know, queuing the rack. The yeah. rack and then stack their you know div one and push them down to div two, so um, they're both going to play finals, I think. So, hopefully, that's not the case and they finish the season with their best side to yeah. have a look at what they've got for next year. And just on buy, swap, and sell, I've seen one of their players just put up some furniture and saying that he's leaving on Sunday, so oh, he must yeah. not. And he's one of their players that plays, and I don't want to name him, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's too confident. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Robbie, we could talk about this for a long time, and we don't have a long time to talk about things, but. A town ban. As a yeah. put your coach's hat on. What are your thoughts on banning players from going out on Mitchell Street? I don't like it. Um, nah. Yeah, as long as you're not out before a game's a win, it's 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 not professional football. Mm. Half the blokes, most of the blokes aren't paid. Um, I think if you do recovery on Monday, try to tell the boys, make sure you come to work Monday, go to work Monday and get to recovery on Monday night. Um, a sad day and a, a few drinks on Sunday. I don't, I don't disagree with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with it either. And a lot of the times, especially if you've got new players from down south that have moved up here, you mm. tend to get to know it's your like teammates session, more off, yeah. sort of off the field than you do on the field. So it's not like you're together every day like a professional club. So mm. and like you said, you're not paid to be here, and um, so you know you can't be taking people's lifestyles away and you know letting them enjoy themselves off the off the footy field. As long as they turn up and de- and deliver and turn mm. up to training and to work, then. All for it. Well, let's face it. I don't think it's hindered Brody Philo's performances nah, over the last 15 years. So, yeah. So, bit, bit of a strange one. But yeah. you get that in territory footy sometimes. Wanderers versus Darwin. Plenty of players missing for the Eagles. I believe it's Stephen Motlop's wedding mm-hmm. uh, in Adelaide. Uh, Mitch Robinson back for the Darwin Buffaloes. Yeah, big I think after a disappointing post-Christmas so far, this is a game where the Buffaloes not just need to win, but they need to win big. Yeah, it did look like a bit of a danger game for Buffaloes coming into it with Wanderers, but now with the 12-out, Buffalo should really easily account for them. Um, and Buffalo's going to have to get some of that offensive run and get that switch happening, and that's their crypt tonight, that ball movement when they get on the run, and that's what's going to put Nycliffe or St. Mary's, whoever they play in that first final, on the back foot. So they need to get that game plan happening in. And Ishmael Palmer as well mm. returning. Um, hopefully straighten them up. And uh, Robinson back in there is their grunt midfielder. Yeah. Um, Matt Watkins likely to move back up forward too. Yeah, I think that's a better move. I think I think the move at halfbacks run its course now. Yeah, they, and they definitely need to have a big, big win to get some of that confidence back coming into the last game next week and, and then finals. So yep. if they don't come away with a 10-goal win, um, you know, yep. it's probably, you know, it's a... It's a 
Yeah, I'll take I'm, it as a loss. Yeah, but they I'm need to win by ten yeah. goals. I reckon ten goals for me. Yeah, I think Buffaloes will win and win comfortably. Who's your tip in the pint Nightcliff game? We've skipped over that. Oh yeah, only Tigers by three goals. I think it'll be a close yeah, one. Yeah, it'll be another close one because we we'll see what points um, how consistent they are, and um, I think Nightcliff with their form at the moment they're mm. going to win by two or three goals. Yeah, I'll go Nycliffe by six goals. I'm pretty high on Nycliffe at the moment. I think they're a good team. I suppose no Philo. forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. four goals, five goals. Yeah. See how we go. Plenty more to come here. We need to preview the big clash, the match yep. of the round, the match of the season maybe between St. Mary's and Waratah. So we better make some time for that. We have Andrew O'Toole from the Thoroughbreds having a chat and hopefully picking a winner for us. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Live on SEN top end, 16, 11 a.m. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. As always, we are joined by Andrew O'Toole from NT Thoroughbred Racing. Andrew, do we have you? Yes, you do. Good morning, boys. Morning, mate. Good, mate. Uh, we're going to throw you over to our resident racing expert, Robbie Howe. Yeah, race card last week, Andrew. How did it all go? Yeah, it was good uh, meeting last Saturday here. Not the biggest fields, but uh, not bad for this time of the year. Uh, great day for Alice Springer's apprentice, uh, Lech Maloney. He was having his first day's riding in Darwin. Uh, only had the three rides on the day, but bagged a double in the last two events with New Roman and one for Anna. So that's a day that he'll never remember. Uh, good day ahead today. I'm just a little bit worried about the weather. Looks like we're going to get quite a bit of rain uh, later in the day. But that said, yep. uh, not much stops us here. Yeah, definitely. And now we've got the race card coming up this afternoon, starting at 3 o'clock. Uh, what can you take us through any of the uh, races there for us? Yeah, sure. In the in the first, the 1,300-metre uh, uh, event for the 0-58 to 58 gallopers. Uh, even sort of field to start the day. But I do like uh, Rojo Boom. Sonia Wiseman takes them out. She'll, she looks to be in for a really good day, Sonia. She's got an excellent book of rides. Uh, and Rojo Boom, she's uh, very familiar with. Uh, one on the horse before. I thought that could be very hard to beat in the first. Uh, in the second, uh, I like a horse called Kiracat, number four, trained by Jason Manning. Vanessa Rana in the saddle uh, looks uh, a horse on the up. It's only had the three starts in Darwin for a win, a second and a fourth. Probably should have had two wins. Was only just beaten at that first start here in Darwin. So race two, number four. In the third, uh, Sonia Wiseman again, uh, race three, number three from the Never Never. Very impressive winning uh, here the other week. Uh, hadn't raced for over 13 months, so you would expect that there would be some natural improvement to come in uh, from the Never Never. Uh, and in the next, uh, the same combination, Sonia Wiseman and her partner, Tommy Logan, they team up here with Pooh P. Uh, it was very good winning here on New Year's Eve. She's a handy little mare, is Pooh P's won seven times from 28 starts. So I think uh, can give Sonia and Tommy... Another win on the program. And in the yep. last uh, going here with number two, Beach Haven, uh, Jade Hampson aboard for Tayan Halter. Another smart up-and-coming uh, galloper. He's a five-year-old now. Just forget his last run uh, in the wet season final. His earlier two efforts were winning ones, and I think he can get back on the winning thread here. So race five, number two. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what's the plan for today? How, what time can the uh, punters get down there? Pretty sure that the gates open here today at 1 o'clock, um, obviously a Friday afternoon. We've got a few Fridays upcoming in Darwin uh, over the next uh, two or three months. That's because uh, Alice Springs, as they build towards their carnival uh, at the end of April, they race on the Saturdays in the main. So I think this is the first of five Friday meetings in the top end. So it'll be a good opportunity to talk to you boys on a Friday morning in advance of uh, the races later that day. 
No worries, Andrew. And just Raf here, mate. Just your smoky for the day. Um, my favourite um, question. The smoky of the day, righto. Let's have a look, uh, guys. Um, in the um, righto race uh, number two. Uh, number, uh, he's not really a smoky guy. Uh, no, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll change, we'll change, we're changing. I'm not going that way. We'll go. Not <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> That's too short. We can't do that. Um, maybe in the last number eight, Skellig Island. He's won twice over 1600 metres. Uh, it does tend to mix his form a little bit, but he has the Gary Clark polish on him and Jared Todd in the saddle. So one for uh, at odds in the last race five, number eight, Skellig Island. Thanks very much, Andrew. You have a good weekend. Thanks, Thank guys. You. All the best to you. Cheers, Thanks, mate. So we were previewing tips, all our games, and we went through the first three, but we saved the best for last, Robert. St. Mary's versus Waratah. Match of the mm. round, a potential grand final preview. There's a bit on the line here. So Saints win this, they guarantee the top three spot in the double chance. How are you seeing this game? Yeah, it's, kind of, it's not as dead rubber as we think. So no. Saints really need to win this game. Um, obviously, Nike, there's a percentage to play out as well. But Saints wins this, they consolidate their top three. But I don't know, I'm, I'm favouring Waratahs in this one. I just think Waratahs are a bit more stable at the moment. Um, St. Mary's, probably that bye period over Christmas hurt them a bit, having um, the bye and the rep game. They played one game in four or five weeks. So some of the recruits didn't come till late January, which I thought was okay, but they're sort of still hitting the, the track, aren't they, Jacko? So. Yeah, I think that's a bit yeah. a bit more Waratahs, a bit more of consistency, because St. Mm. Mary's had that loss against Nycliffe, and then to get a, a, a sort of a dead rubber against Magpies. So you don't really get to test yourself, I guess. And um, But like Nate Peridi said in the interview, they're going to go for their best side and, and you know, leave nothing for chance and, and put out their cards now. So, and that's what I want to see. Um, so we know where they both sit coming three weeks' time. So, yeah, mm. uh, yeah, it's a hard one to tip. I probably, oh, you know, being a St Mary's man, I'll tip them by a goal. Plenty of uh, like little subplots to this story. I think you've got the, you know, Magro and Calder won't play on each other, but you've got that Dennis Dunn Trophy race. You've got the Parnell Magro matchup. You've got uh, Jack Lant. Is someone going to pick him up? The midfield battle is good. Is Dylan Collis going to cop a tag? St Mary's traditionally don't really run a tag. They're a very good defensive team, um, but I don't know if they'll they'll send someone to Collis. Who knows? You know the midfield battle is intriguing in its own right. Dylan Lant, how's he going to go uh, against a bit more of an accountable Waratah midfield? Yeah, and Ojuaya. Yeah, Ojuaya has done the job previously. Mm. Um, on Calder. Didn't do it grand final day, nah. but he has done the job on him before. Oh, it's an interesting one. It's going to be interesting to see how far Waratahs have come because it seems like people are discrediting Southern Districts, I think. And So let's see how good Waratahs are. And Waratahs have the chance to knock Saints out of the top three race. And it'd be a, a good one for Waratahs to win, especially at TIO. Um, mm. And that puts them, you know, gives them a big, big um, opportunity to put themselves favourite up there with Districts if they beat Saints at at Marara. If it was yep. at Gardens Oval, I'd definitely be leaning towards Waratahs, just the way they play that ground so well. Yep. Um, but yeah, that makes it a bit more of another spanner in the works there. Yeah, Jacko, who are you tipping in this one, mate? I'm tipping Waratah to win this one. I think that... Copying the guru. Yeah, I think that St Mary's can win, obviously. Um, you'd never write off the Saints, but they got a great side in by the looks of it, Waratah. It's obviously very hard to tell. When you look at that emergency list, you've got players like Abe Ankers, Corey Rich, Adam Goulden. If those three, Joel Crocker, if those three play, or four, well, I don't know. Well, Abe, Abe's not a flying, so they could all four mm. play. Um, 
let's come out and make a difference. I think yeah. Abe Ankers potentially could be one of the most important players in the competition, like a wild card. Like, we all see Ankers at his best as, you know, a top three, top four player in this competition. He's dominated the Ovens and Murray when he's gone down south. But we haven't seen a lot of him this year. He's only played a couple of games. Um, yeah. If he can come in and get his, you know, 25 touches and a couple of goals this week and look like a real big... He could be a huge addition to the uh, Waratah midfield. Yeah, I, th- I think some of those emergencies are playing. I think they're doing a bit what Shannon Ruskett did yeah. last week. Um, Golden's which, a gun too. Golden's a gun. So those five or six play, then I yeah I put Waratah. Waratah's, I think they're yeah. going to play. That's why I'm thinking Waratahs get them. But I think Saints are going to come to play. And it definitely won't be the 100-point blowout that we had round one. I think Ankers is the most important player in the competition right now because if he can come in and add another element to that War- that Waratah midfielder as a goal-kicking midfielder that gets his 25-30, it's going to add so much to their premiership hopes. Well... If Magro's held to an account from Parnell, then who's going to score? So that's yeah, going to be we'll interesting. Look towards anchors and you're going to have to because Darcy Hope will be up the ground more. They're going to probably need more from Darcy Hope in the goal sense because Parnell has got the numbers on Magro. Um, grand final day kept him to five touches. You're sort of so, robbing Peter to play Paul. I, I, I try and say that every week and stuff that mm. line up. But um, Arnold Kirby's a, he's kicked 100 goals, I think, in down south uh, in various leagues. So he's he's another player that could potentially be a forward option. I don't know who takes his spot in the ruck. Um, but, yeah, they, I mean, they do have some kind of options if they want to reshuffle their team a little bit. But yeah, it'd be an interesting that's, one. That's an interesting one. Yeah, you could probably do that. Um Sullivan can jump. Benulis has played up forward. Benulis, yeah. So Benulis is named. Um, so he probably he did kick two or three against them in round one. Mm. So he's yeah, he another target. Day. Yep. So, but yeah, I think they've got options up there. But it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see the Magro versus Parnell matchup yeah. for mine. The game could be won or lost there. Definitely could be because they do rely on Magro now a bit more than last season. Mm. So um, if we don't have tips. Yeah. yeah, yep. So we've got Women's Premier League now. Do you want to touch on some of that? We do, yep. So I'll go through the ladder very quickly. Yep. Pints sit head and shoulders above the competition, 16 points mm. ahead Box of Waratah, definitely. St Mary's in third, uh, Darwin in fourth, Nycliffe in fifth. The Tiwi Bombers had another win last week. They're in sixth. Palmerston, Southern Districts, and Wanderers, That's, who uh, haven't scored a point for a mm. while, but keep fronting up every week, which is what we want to see. It's yeah. almost the same as the match of the round two with the St. Mary's and Waratah women. So mm. they're both sitting yeah, on 40 big. points and same again. They had a blowout score against them round one. Waratah's smashed mm. St. Mary's, and but the St. Mary's women have improved out of sight. Completely different team just got. about. Yeah. yeah, completely different team. So it's going to be an interesting one to see who gets that confident boost before finals. Um, but yeah, while we're talking about women, Caitlin Armstrong Ooh. last week for St. Mary's un- un- outstanding effort. Yeah, 12 goals in any game in any any division is amazing and for her to kick 12 goals last week is, and she kicks the ball so well. Um, mm. her, her ability to kick goals is second to none in the women's competition. Yeah, so if we're talking ladder position as well, Buffett's um, do have a superior percentage over St. Mary's and that, but they're 36 points and Waratahs and Saints are both 40. So whoever loses that game potentially could lose top three as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. um, Buffs have two easy games coming up. They've got mm-hmm. Wanderers who they're going to beat by 150 plus. And then they've also got uh, Southern Districts in the last game who are a young developing side. Um, I'm tipping St. Mary's to win that game though. Um, and maybe Buffs could get the top three over Waratahs. Yeah, and that's a, that's a worry for the top three sides or top mm. four sides because we know Buffaloes, when they come finals, they, they flick a switch, the women, mm. and um, they've won the last couple of yep. premierships or even last year's premiership they won. Yeah, I think I think the pace of St. Mary's and Buffaloes are going to worry Waratahs and Pines. That's yep. my prediction early. Um, and I, we've seen that 
but I am being stiff on points. I mean, lost once. So, Caitlin Armstrong kicked 12 goals uh, in the win last weekend. Mm. St. Mary's play Wanderers in the last round. Their former club. And, yeah, I mean, could could we, like, could we see a bag of 20? Yeah, I reckon 20 is on the cards. It could be something She could like be chasing the, the leading goal kicker award, too. She's not leading that at the moment. Yeah, so, if she needs, like, 15 or so to get it, I dare say she'd be half a chance. Her up, yeah. I definitely, yeah, do. So, I'll play her one out. And the other game's points, Tigers points for mine in that one. Um, Pint's just very strong. And I think Tigers are just going to make up the numbers, mm. unfortunately. Maria Rioli kicked four goals in a best-on-ground performance. Uh, the daughter of Morris Rioli, potential AFLW player. Yeah, I think Tiwi are coming along all right. I think they've got some. Um, they played some young girls. They've got some good recruits, some sort of big girls that play those key positions. And Palmerston are playing a lot of uh, kids as well mm. with young Davey. Yep. Hey, Perry. the uh, UFC is on this week in Perth. Robbie, yeah. oh, I know that you're a keen observer. Volkanovski versus Islam Makachev. Who's your tip? Oh, I think can the Aussie get it done? I think he can, but I think Islam's a pretty hot favourite, and I think he'll get it done by submission in round two. Mm. Before we finish up, I'd just like to shout out to, I oh, know he's not listening, but yep. LeBron James becomes number one all time leader in the NBA. Maybe so you never know, but yeah, shout out to the King James. Look, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, I just don't want to talk basketball for the next five or six years. We traded our whole team, so yeah. <laughs> hey, big, big show. Uh, keep your eye out for the new book, The Green Machine, History of the Samaritan yep. Footy Club, coming out very, very soon. Yep. Play, thanks for listening. Plenty to come in, well, next week on SEN Fridays in the Top End.